Hello, family and friends. We're here for day four with John and Malia Sullivan, owners of Malia's Cafe in Miram, Indiana. Hope you can come visit sometime. It's a wonderful place and wonderful food and a lot of good variety and just a, a blessing. So thank you for being here with me and excited about hearing more about the miraculous testimony from John uh, with his when he got COVID. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come hungry today for what you have for us. And thank you for this testimony that you're a good God, a merciful God, a loving God, and you still are a God that heals. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Malia, I'm going to kick it back over to you for where you were in the testimony. So I'll just recap real quick. It was on Monday morning around 930 that they prepped John to go on the ventilator. And then later that evening, I knew that we were going to go also on a rotoprone bed, but that had to be ordered from Indianapolis and brought down. So he would be going on that Monday evening. So then Tuesday morning, I have another customer that came in and his church is local here and we were in a snowstorm. So travel was hard and he offered, he said, why don't you come and go to prayer meeting with me tonight? It will do you some good just to get out, get your mind off of it and just have some time with the Lord. And so I agreed and he picked me up, him and his wife picked me up and I went to prayer meeting, went in and I shared with them a little bit about what was going on and I found myself a place to pray and as I was praying one of the ladies in the church came over which is a dear friend of mine and she put her hand on my shoulder and she said do you mind if we pray with you and of course I was yes please do and so I moved over into the center of the church where some other people were and we started praying collectively together with the minister and some of those at prayer meeting and we moved into the presence of the Lord and the Holy Ghost fell and as we were praying it was just such a peace came over me and we prayed that night and we were probably there a good hour or better and I got home uh, was dropped off and got home and I thought I need to call the hospital and so I called the hospital, asked to talk to my nurse, and got an update of where we were at. And if you know anything about the rotoprone bed, it's four hours in one position on your belly, and then they flip you back and see what your blood gases, etc., are to what they're testing. And so they did that, and when they flipped him back on his back, he had what they called like a seizure. And they said he jerked and he um, convulsed, and they did not know what was going on. His blood pressure shot sky high. And I stopped her and I said, about what time was that? And she said it was right before shift change. So I was picked up and prayer meeting started at 6 or 6.30. So at that time that that happened with him, I felt like that was the power of the Holy Ghost going through his body. That was the turning point of his healing. And I told that nurse, I said, you don't ever have to worry about that happening again. I said, I just felt that quickening of the Holy Ghost to share that with her of what was happening. And I'm no doctor or have no background of 
any kind of degree in the medical field, but I thought the Lord just quickened to me, that was me. That was the power going through his body of the healing process happening. And I told her, I said, that's not going to happen again, and you're going to see progress from this point on. And we did. And the blood pressure never elevated again, astronomically like that. And um, everything started getting better with him. On Thursday, he was able to be taken off of the rotoprome bed. And I thought, oh my, is that a good thing, you know? And she said, we cannot keep him on there very long. So that was a positive thing. He was still on the vent. I got to FaceTime with him. Um, he didn't know I was there, but I'm hoping that he could hear me. And I was able to have prayer again with him. And that was always the goal was to get him on the phone and be able to have prayer with him to let him know that, you know, there are people in your family still here praying for you. So then on Valentine's Day... February 14th was Sunday. I went to church. Let me back up. The Sunday before I went to church, I had taken all the notes from the doctor. Every note that they had given me over the phone, I took those to my pastor, and during prayer time, we prayed over those notes. And then he went on the ventilator from that point. The following Sunday, I went to church, had prayer with some people, went and saw my family, went and saw my grandbabies, and went and saw John's mother because at this point she still has a son in Wyoming on a ventilator not on a ventilator but on oxygen and she has a son in Terre Haute Indiana on a ventilator and she said have you called them to see if they've tried to take him off the vent today because we knew that that was going to be happening and so I got up that morning and I thought I'm going to go to prayer and I'm going to have a fast day until I get word that he's off the ventilator and so I stopped by his mom's and it was getting late it was around 4:30, and I said no I haven't called yet I've just not wanted to bother them if they're trying to get him off the vent I don't want to be a bothersome so I came home and I picked up the phone and I called and it was 4:50 in the afternoon and I said I asked for the nurse that I had that morning and he said she's not available but I have great news. We just got him off the ventilator. Praise and he's God. awake and he wants to talk to you. So if anybody's ever been on a ventilator, you know that actually being able to talk after that is hard. And I got to hear his voice on Valentine's Day and he was off the ventilator. God. Then on Monday, I talked to the nurse or talked to the doctor and the doctor said, He's doing well. I would like to maybe have him home by the weekend. And so I just took that. I took that and I cling to that. And that was my prayer that he would be home by the weekend. I talked to a nurse on Wednesday or Thursday. And she said, he's probably going to have to go to rehab and spend two or three weeks in rehab. And I said, the doctor said that he's going to get to come home on the weekend. And she said, oh, honey, there's no way he can go home on the weekend. He is too weak. He can't hardly stand. He can't hardly do anything for himself. And my words to her was, if God started a miracle, he will finish it. Praise God. And God said, or the doctor said, he's coming home on the weekend. So that's what we're going to believe. 
if he started something, he can finish it and he can be home on the weekend. And he did. It wasn't Friday, but it was Saturday. And he walked out of the hospital and got in my van and walked into our home with help on Saturday, which was he came off the van on a Sunday and six days later he was home. So you can't tell me that God is not a prayer answering God and that he is not a healer. He may not heal in the way that you think he should heal, but he's a healer. And he will do the work if you will trust in him. Amen. Now, John, from your side, tell us about when they put you on the vent, what they said, and then when you got off it, please. Well, I, I really don't remember a whole lot about anything. But before I went on the vent, the doctor came to me and said, you you need to be, you need to have a, be put a place on the vent. I said, well, doc, I really don't want to do that. And so I can't remember what day it was. He finally came to me. He said, I talked to your wife and you have to be on a ventilator or you're not going to make it. And without hesitation, I said, well, let's get it done. But there was, there was never any hesitation, never any fear in what, in the whole process. They placed me on the vent. I do remember waking up a couple of times with a tube in my throat and I couldn't speak. But I could, I was trying to do sign language. I remember this, trying to do sign language to the nurse. I wanted to, I was kind of writing in the sky, telling them to get me a pencil and paper, but they never did. They they didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. That happened a couple of times. But other than that, and waking up for the last time and the doctor coming to me and says, man, you are a lucky fella. He says, we gave you one to 2% chance of coming off that. And, and it still, it still didn't hit me, you know, like it should have. And I still wasn't scared, but after a couple weeks of sitting there thinking about that and and realizing that, uh, I almost died. Basically, I couldn't have got any closer to death than what I was. I, you know, I started thanking the Lord for life. Amen. You know, He is my healer. Well, if you would, John, pray for us. What an amazing testimony. Yeah. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, God, for, for what you've done for myself and my wife. And there are other testimonies out there that, that people will give you credit for. But God, I want to tell you and I want to thank you for all the things. You are my healer. You are my salvation. You are my grace and you are my mercy. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing. We're going to go back for one more day tomorrow and just kind of wrap this thing up and bring it to kind of a conclusion. But what a great God. He's merciful and he's still a healer. Well, folks, if you want to contact John and Malia, you can do so through our ministry at 812-449-8147. We love you all. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary.